We're here today is January 27th, 2015 with Nancy Kishpa and Dr. Faye Bradley, with no E on the end, F-A-Y, right? F-A-Y. Um, and part of the reason we're here has to do with the Created Equal grant that was obtained by the library. Part of it has to do with the library's interest in recording oral histories. Um, so, We'll kind of set the stage here. Um, I'm going to ask you first some personal information. Is Faye Bradley, do you have a middle name? I have no middle name. No middle name? No. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 77. What, what was your birthday? January 13th, 1938. Wow. Um, where were you born? I was born in Independence, Kansas. Okay. At, at the hospital here? Uh, no. We were permitted to be in the hospital in 1938. I was born in a home, only, oh. only about six blocks from what was your the library, then? 313 Earl Street. 313 Earl, Earl Street. Mm. And um, did you go to church here in Independence? Well, uh, yes, I went to church, but uh, we're Adventists. Uh -huh. uh, there's no, at the time we started going to the Adventist church, there was no church here in town. We met in the home of Harold Washington. His family was Adventist, as well as uh, uh, their aunt, or their si Mrs. Washington's sister, uh -huh. Mrs. Bryant, and Mrs. Mary Crawford. They, they comprised the Independence Adventist, which was a black Adventist church. There's another uh -huh. white church on Laurel Street, but uh, uh, we're having a problem with that today. I don't see where we have to have two churches. and and. Uh, Neither one of them are very active. Uh -huh. In fact, uh, recently we've had uh, break-ins into our church on South 18th Street, which is not very well patrolled, mm -hmm. and they've stolen everything out of it except for the hot water tank, and I'm sure they're going to come back and get the hot water tank. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, uh. so we're really not having a meeting down there now. Mm -hmm. uh, we do go out to the Laurel Street Church. So, are you in conversation with them about combining, or? Well, uh, it goes back to the conference. There's two different conferences, okay. and nobody wants to give up their power. Right. Uh -huh. I understand that. Mm -hmm. So, tell me about your childhood. What's your earliest memory? Well, my earliest memory is uh, growing up here in Independence. Uh, Mother and dad were not educated people, but they they really, I think, raised, a, are good at raising children, even though I couldn't say their marriage was perfect, but <laughs> but uh, dad was a very aggressive person, mother's docile and uh, kind and, and loved everybody and did everything for anybody. And daddy, as I say, was aggressive and he was confrontational to uh, the authorities of the city, and he said, we need jobs, and we need education, and we need all this, and he didn't believe in all this separation. He wouldn't let us go to the movie house. He forbid us to go to that movie house, and if we went, we were kids, and we didn't know understand it. We'd pay our 12 cents to go to the movies, and uh, he'd come right there and get us out, because we're not gonna, we're not gonna patronize this Jim Crow theater. And uh, what? But why, why was that? 
Why was that? What? Did you have to sit in the balcony? Oh, yes, we had to sit in the balcony. Uh, we had, and at the Belldorf, right. we sat up in the balcony. Of course, we sat in the back with the booth, but actually at the booth, uh, you just had to sit up in the upper level above the, the aisle that ran across the theater. And, uh, and not only sit behind the aisle, you had to sit up past the first three rows of seats, which, you know, uh, later on, you know, a lot of other people wanted to come up there. In fact, it was nice. <laughs> uh, the younger people, particularly, they like to go up there. But so, uh, and once they opened it up, well, then everybody ran up there. You know. Were there other places like the theater where you? Um experienced discrimination? Oh, well, you couldn't go into any of the restaurants, uh, uh, Cozy Corner or the, or the Fever and Osborne. You didn't uh, go in there for, for service. Um, I worked at the Fever and Osborne. I, I mopped up the floor around the, my classmates' feet <laughs> when they spilled their cherry Cokes on the floor. But, uh -huh. uh, so. But that was only a part-time job because actually it wasn't my job. It was job of Jerry King and uh, Joe McNeil. But they were uh, well. They got along with the ladies more better than I did, and, and so they frequently asked for nights off, and I filled in for whenever they were off. So, mm -hmm. mm. how about other places? Well, the cozy uh, corner. You couldn't go to the cozy well, the cozy corner, corner or the luncheonette or. Uh -huh. uh, or the Civic Center either, you know. Wow. And, uh, but uh, I never really looked at it as discrimination. I'm, you know, we're kids. Mm -hmm. We didn't think much about it at all. Uh, we did get to go to school, and that's, that's where we really, that's really most essential was going to school. And, uh, but as I see the kids now, my classmates at that time has become to actual reunions. They talk about this and the cozy corner, lunch and that, and all this having things. I said, "Well, I'm not. I don't have any experience in that because we would we couldn't go to it." So what did you do? Uh, well, um, where did you hang out? Or well, we really didn't have any hangout. Places uh, that you frequented? Uh, no, uh, but in, in the later years. Uh, they kind of opened up the American Legion down in the southeast part of town, and you could go down there. Um, Mr. Bob uh, Terrell ran that, uh, and we'd go down there um, maybe Friday nights or, or Saturday nights sometime. And, uh, it, but that was just up to him. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Parks, she kind of took over for the ladies or the girls and tried to bring them up and train them. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, she occasionally would have little things. Uh, and that was usually down on South Penn, Penn Street, the little old brick house or right there at the railroad track. Uh, but. Uh, our socialization wasn't much for, for uh, 
for the minority kids here in Independence in the early days, except for the church. I guess I should say the church. The church was, church was all more vibrant uh -huh. back in those days. In fact, they had church three times a day on Sunday. You go in the morning, you come home for lunch, you go back after lunch and have a service at about two or three o'clock or so, and, and then you go back home, you come back for the evening service. But that was all the churches. Mm. And so, but uh, but we really went into the, the church, as I say, cause, uh, or the Sunday church. We go to Sabbath, and, and that was Mother's idea. You know, Dad didn't believe it, and and he <laughs> he really tried to keep us from going to going to church, and uh, and then besides that, uh, Daddy kept us busy. You know. We was always working. We didn't have any leash. I, I actually, you know, I guess I'm running around here all right now. Is that I had no youth. Gaddy uh, had us out here cutting yards and raking yards and washing windows and and uh, waxing floors and everything. Uh -huh. I can remember he'd come and get us over to grade school. We were washing school. He'd take us over here to Mr. Wilson's house right up, right. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, right on Sixth and uh, Magnolia, and me and my brother we was out there like this. And back in the days, all you had was those old push mowers with the recycle on, and uh, and my brother be on one side and I be on the other side, and trying to push that mower. And Daddy said, "You better have this yard cut by the time I get back here, because he'd be at the Union Gas, and this would be here. Come and get us over at three, three thirty after school, put us on that yard." And of course, he'd go back to work and then say he's going to be back at get off at five. And so you better have this yard cut back when I get back. <laughs> but of course, we never did. And all we got out of it would be an ice cream cone down the Glen Cliff Dairy Farm, uh, down there where, where the Goodyear Tire Company is now. Mm. Right. Yes. Uh, is that uh -huh. where Ashcrest? Ashcrest. Okay. Ashcrest Goodyear. Uh -huh. And then. Our evenings always taken up because after that, well, then we would usually go out to the train station. Dad's family was kind of into the train business, and that's what his dad did at Chanute at the Rand House. But they just, his dad, my granddad, cleaned up the, the trains, uh -huh. going in and clean them out, you know. And, uh, and then my dad started working on the train when he was young, and he ran from Kansas City down to Chanute. And uh, as a porter, as a porter, as a porter? Mm. and uh, but uh, he always had a history and a custom of going to the train station every evening, and so we'd run out there to Santa Fe or the Missouri Missouri Pacific out there and uh, underneath the overpass, mm -hmm. and uh, it runs north to south. I think from Texas up to Minnesota, hauling the grains and. And uh, we go over there first because it came in usually around 5.30 or 6 or something. And then we run over to the Santa Fe and we sat there and wait for the Santa Fe come in, running from down from Kansas City down to Tulsa and down into Texas. And uh, uh, wait there and see who gets on and get off. And, uh, and 
and we do that every night except for nights for the baseball games. If it's a baseball game, well, then we'd be out to the baseball game and uh, uh, the baseball park because Dad had, had that job also. We, we had to sweep out that stadium every night after the ball, or actually all we did the, the night after the ball game is just go down and fold the chairs up and uh, lean them up there. So then he, he would come and get us every afternoon after he got off for doing the lunch hour. Mm -hmm. He would leave the union gas, come and get us, take us out to that park, and then we had to sweep out that stadium. And, uh, and then also, besides sweeping, go down underneath those wooden, wooden uh, stands and mm -hmm. pick up paper and trash and people and throw boxes of popcorn or uh, sacks of the peanut sacks down underneath there, bottles of pop. And uh, of course, back in those days, all the sodas is in glass bottles and so there's a lot of breakage. And, but uh, if, uh, if it didn't have a broken bottle, well, of course, we'd get the bottles because we're going to take them because we get two cents a bottle. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we'd take those and all I had to do is get, uh, get about 10 and you could go to the movies. Of course, we didn't tell Daddy he was going to the movies, but uh, uh, we'd take those balls and you get, if you get 10 balls, well, you got 20 cents, 12 cents for the movie, and, and uh, where you could get your five cent ice cream cone. Uh, I think the, I can't remember the, where the popcorn was, five or 10. But uh, if you got 12 balls, you're, you're, you're in high heaven. Mm -hmm. Sounds like your dad was an industrious person. Oh, well, that, that, dad would have been a banker or, or a lawyer or any, anything he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. uh, dad, I, I see dad out compute people in his head, the bankers and the, the business people, because he didn't, didn't believe in any credit either. Mm -hmm. If I can't pay cash, I, don't, I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Back in those days, a lot different. Uh, mama, mama carried a lot of credit. <laughs> oh well, she carried all that credit because daddy, because daddy would, you know, mama thinks we have to have this and this to go to school, and, and so she had us a had a big bill up at Ed's Boys Shop, and she had a big bill at the Foods Morgan's uh, uh, Mark Martin. No, it's not Morton. Moton, Mr. Moton's food store, mm -hmm. and because uh, I can remember just taking a quarter and paying on our food bill. Yeah, yeah a quarter, and uh, you take out his little old tablet and with his little purple uh, duplicating sheet and, and write out that and pay twenty five cents on the bill, and not take that on home. And that's the way we operated, and. Uh, and then on weekends, well, Dad didn't didn't let up at all. He, you know, as my brothers, my sister started going out and and trying to be out late. Well, he'll punish them because first thing on Sunday morning, he'd be there at six o'clock, waking you up. <laughs> you go get up. Uh, you go get up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, uh, that was no, no different than any other day because he's going to get you up, 
and uh, the procedure was to take you up to the Union Gas. Mm -hmm. He ran up to that post office and get that the mail because they get all this mail in there because they pay the gas bill and everything back in them days was through the mail, and uh, and uh, that's what he did. He he ran those mail out on the machines back there, and every time a new customer comes in, he, they get that metal plate. He'd take us up there oftentimes and have us putting that, those names on the metal plate. So that was good. And sometimes, most of the time, we do that would be at 10, 11 o'clock at night after we come from the baseball game. We go up there and do that. <laughs> and, run up all those things. But on Sunday morning we go up there in the mailbox and get all that mail and bring it back over there and then he had, he would separate it for all the different people and, and then we have to run run it up to the different different offices, Mr. Stewart, Mr. Benson, Mr. Rupp, Mr. Stoop, uh, Callahan and all the people and uh, uh, to their various offices and uh, and then we and then we left after we leave the Union Gas, we we have two gallons in the car, and then we go out to the Langs Dairy out here east of town. There was a Langs Dairy west of town, but we go to the one east of town. I think they were brothers or sisters or something, or related. Yeah. And uh, but we go out here at east of town, get our two gallons of milk on Sunday, and then come back home. Mom would be there, and she'd be cooking uh, the breakfast, and. Uh, we have breakfast and uh, we read the newspaper because we would take the Wichita um, let's see Wichita had two papers that time they, they deliver in the morning and one in the evening and so we took both of them but uh, so we read the Wichita paper and the um, Independence paper and uh, and then we would go out to the country club. If they had had a party that night, well then we were we clean up that country club. Uh -huh. uh, out there where the college is, mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. they had a big house there, and they had a bowling alley, and uh, uh, of course the golf course, and uh, and so we go out there and clean that up. Some people drink too much and have accidents, and we had, but we had to clean all that up and then they take the garbage and the garbage is down, down the hill, down past the lake uh, for the trash and uh, down there by the creek. Be, it'd be behind the, um, the bookstore now, that back over there. That was where the, the trash was. And then, uh, and then we'd leave there and come back home. And Mama, at that time, would be, have the washing done. And so we hang up the wash on the lines outdoors. And, uh, and then Mama had usually also had baked some bread, which she did every Sunday. She baked bread, uh, whole wheat bread, because she wouldn't, didn't have any, she wouldn't, 
bring any white bread in the house, but daddy brought bread white bread. <laughs> but mama wouldn't, mama would, no, no, no white bread, all whole wheat bread, uh -huh. whole wheat, pepperneckle, rye, you know, right, so. And uh, of course she had no sugar and, and uh, maybe a little brown sugar occasionally, but it's, it's everything's sweet with honey and raisins. And uh, how did how did that happen? Well, I, I guess she took some kind of nutritional course. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing a little work and trying to get our family thing. Good. I've been trying to do this for a long time since I, I was taking genetics over at Pittsburgh. I got in into it, but I. I don't know, I just keep going off and doing everything else. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I haven't really got into it. But anyway, uh, I think she took a nutritional course out at, uh, out of, out of Denver, uh, some kind of sanitarium. Uh, but uh, she, was, she was very much into health and nutrition. Which is kind of an unusual, I think, at, at that point in time. Yes, uh -huh. but it's also into her, her faith, Adventist yes. faith. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one of their biggest things is, is mm -hmm. diet and food. In fact, I think I got something in my thing right now about that because I'm in a program that I'm following, or they're following me uh -huh. as to my health and thing, and as well as the up John Hopkins is also I'm in a program up there with. The, the uh, Baltimore Longitudinal Study Program, and uh, but anyway, uh, she would be there, and she had the bread, and uh, and then after we hang up the clothes, we usually took a drive uh, in the in the summertime. Well, we might just go up to Chinook to visit his brother, our mm -hmm. uh, uncle. Because that's where there's born and raised, right up in Chinook. Can we stop just mm. one second? I hate to interrupt you. Mm. What were your parents' names and how, your brothers and sisters? Oh, okay. My, my daddy's name is Henry Anna Bradley. And uh, my mother's name is Irene Ransom. Uh, my oldest sister is Mary Louise Bradley. Uh, and next in line, I go chronologically. Uh, my brother was uh, Henry Anna Bradley Jr. However, he goes by Henry Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want the Anna. But uh, then my sister Anita May Bradley, Earl Eugene Bradley, Faye Bradley, and Paul Roger Johnson Bradley. Wow. Mm. Okay. Paul Roger Johnson Bradley is named after Paul Roger Johnson, the owner and founder of the Union Gas Company. And uh, I, I wish he had lived another 20 years and uh, our whole family would have been in a different situation. Yeah. Uh, well, he was very kind and generous to them. And in naming my brother, uh, younger brother, he also was given uh, interest in the Midland Industries, our Union Gas Company, mm -hmm. as well as my dad. As far as I know, uh, there may be only the two people outside the Johnson family and, and other 
high officials that had interest in the Union gas mm -hmm. are stock. Uh -huh. uh, but, uh, and then he gave my brother a uh, big white German Shepherd dog, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which he had. Uh -huh. he, they also had one and he gave it. So. But uh, he was very generous and always, I can always remember those big old Christmas baskets he gave it and big old crocus of cheese from Switzerland and, mm -hmm. and uh, all that expensive food from Swat, let me see, I can't think of that store up there, a big department store up in Kansas City. Uh, but anyway, uh, we enjoy that every year. But back to uh, <clears throat> these Sunday trips, uh, in the wintertime, we always go out and hunt for pers uh, persimmons, mm -hmm. uh, uh, pecans, and walnuts. Yeah. And then, and then we, uh, we on the way back. Usually, we might be down in Oklahoma. And of course, a lot of times Oklahoma, we go and pick a great big old sack of pecans, and then the owner of the property come out there and run us off of there and take our take our gatherings. And uh, tell us uh, uh, a few unkind words and and uh, some so racial. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so then we would drive on back, uh, and uh, we always come back to Coffeeville, and Daddy sometimes uh, Daddy's pork and all that stuff and. Of course, Mama wouldn't let us have no pork and no nothing all, but Daddy could stop down and get some pig feet. <laughs> uh, sometimes I think he did it in spite, just because Mama didn't want, didn't even want it in the car or in the house. And, uh, how, did, how did it feel when they called your names and derogatory? What? How did that make you feel mm -hmm. at that time? Well, uh, Mom and Dad gave us a lot of pride. Mm. Uh, uh, Mama threw the Bible and religion, and you know, uh, we didn't feel like we were any less than anybody, and uh, we feel like we were just as good, or we might even be better. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, Dad and his brothers, they, they had a lot of pride. And, and I can remember my Uncle Faye, which I'm named after, uh, my daddy's uh, second next to my dad, because uh, there's seven of those boys up there in Chinook, uh -huh. our seven uncles. Uh -huh. and, uh, but uh, Uncle Faye would come down to Kansas City and bring the Ebony Magazine which had just come out, about, I think it came out in 1946. So he'd bring that back here and, and show proud. This is what, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we have articles on there with uh, well, Nat King Cole and uh, uh, Dorothy Dandridge and uh, 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 the beautiful lady, uh, uh, Lena Horne. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then there's this great architect out there in California who's designed all these movie stars' home. Frank, uh, it's not Lloyd Wright, but it's uh, Paul Williams. 
Paul Williams, architect, he's designed all these big movie stars. So I think he designed one for Frank Sinatra and all those people. And so uh, uh, they they brought a lot of pride, and we we, we never felt inferior to anybody. And uh, and uh, did it make you angry? Well, um, as I said, mom and daddy brought us up with with tough tough mm-hmm. skin. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, well, I I would just call call the name right two nights ago out there in the park. Some little silly kids, uh-huh. they, they, they don't know what they're doing. In fact, they throw some rocks at me too. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it still, it still goes on, but uh, I, I'm bigger than that. Yeah. I'm bigger than that. And uh, you know, I was out there running around the oval out there and some little girl, she, uh, she was hot to trot and she's out there trying to show off in front of these boys. There's two girls and there's three big old boys, you know. I so they, they were up to no good, but uh, the little girl, she wants to be hot stuff and so he says, look at that nigger run. So, but it still goes on. Uh-huh. But, uh, mm-hmm. All I did is try to get the license number and I did get it and I was going to go down there and see, but I never did do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it goes on they, down there underneath that on the one-way drive. They uh, they had swastikas down there painted all on the mm-hmm. wall. I got a picture of it. But uh, uh, and let me see. Oh, it still goes on. It's, it's, you know, but uh, tell me about school. School. Was school important in your life? Well, school's always important. Uh, as I say, uh, that's one thing we didn't get discriminated in, uh-huh. or not openly, not overtly. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't think we got good counseling, and we probably could have done better if we had good counseling, but uh, we did get to go to school and we weren't segregated in the school in the classroom but you know, I, I don't think we were probably uh, judged as well or evaluated as well or, or, or properly or you know and uh, as I look at it now you know but all this is in retrospect right you know, I um, I didn't know any difference at that time so I just I can remember Mr. Uh, Mayfield, you know, after we took our aptitude test, well, we all <clears throat> we all came in for evaluation. He said, "Well, you did pretty well. Uh, you probably can do about anything you want to do." And uh, and and then later on, well, when I had a lot of offers to go to school, I could go to the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Colorado, K-State, KU, Wichita State, uh, and anything less than that, or any of these states in the, in, the sta- in Kansas, I could have got a scholarship, but actually I, I didn't realize that those scholarships weren't anything, you know. Yeah. When I was going to school, uh, KU is only two hundred dollars a semester, right? Uh, and so it really didn't anything. And I probably should have gone to KU, 
I was offered a scholarship to KU, and uh, but I really didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to get two hundred dollars, and uh, Bill Easton offered me scholarships. Says you come up here in January, you get on a scholarship. Well, school starts in September, mm -hmm. and I didn't know anything about what I was going to be doing from September to January. And I said I didn't have good counseling. Mother and Dad needed one to went to college or didn't know anything about college, and, and so. Uh, uh, I went on over to Pittsburgh because Louis Preston was going to Pittsburgh and, and he had the car and so we rode back and forth to Pittsburgh. But mm -hmm. I really should have gone to KU. If I had known what I know now, I would have just taken some correspondence courses mm -hmm. and then rode to KU and then transferred up there when, uh, in January. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, but I went on with Pittsburgh. And, what, what did you study there? I studied uh, pre-med, uh -huh. but uh, I had problems over there too because I went over on a track and field scholarship and the, my medical advisor, uh, uh, he didn't think that anyone who wanted to be a doctor shouldn't be running around in circles in short pants. Uh, but be, even before that, uh, he told me when I signed up for histology class, he said, this is an upper grade course. And I don't think you, I don't think you can be handling it. He didn't know me, I don't know him, mm -hmm. you know, but he just telling me, I don't think you ought to be enrolling in my class. And, uh, and then when I, I think one other reason he let me in the class is because he only had six students. <laughs> and if he, if I hadn't been, there'd been five, and uh, uh, if you don't have enough students, pretty soon you won't even have the course. Right. Uh, and, uh, but he had his favorite fellows. Yeah, I can remember seeing Bob Jones right now. Bob came to school, he, he was awful neat, awful. You know, he had on his sport jacket every day, a tie and white shirt. I just didn't know understand Bob Jones, but. That's what the teacher thought a doctor was going to be, mm -hmm. you know. This is the way you dress and behave, like this, you know. I, I thought it was clean, but I, I, I didn't have any sport jacket and all that. Yeah. And, uh, what, what year did you start at Pitt State? I started over there in 1958, and uh, also we had a test, and uh, and God's good. God is good. He looks after me. I scored the highest grade on the test. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so he calls me into the office. And we go over that test, question by question. When you read that question, what did you think? What, what were your thought processes? Mm -hmm. How did you arrive at this answer? Oh, every question. We went over that thing. Was he questioning whether you really understood what? Yes. Uh, or whether you had cheated yeah, or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I couldn't uh -huh. cheat. As I said, there's only six people in there. Uh -huh. There's four at this lab table and two over here. Uh -huh. And he's standing right here. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So we yeah. couldn't cheat. Uh -huh. But uh, I mean, he just, uh, he would just, uh, 
he prejudged mm -hmm. and uh, and I found out that I wasn't the only one. I, I don't think it was a racial thing, it was just a stupidity thing. Uh -huh. You know, he's a big key professor and I think my understanding was he wanted to go to medical school but he was rejected and so he ended up in become a professor in uh, I think he got his degree in zoology and uh, he ended up being a professor at Key or uh, Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. But uh, he loved Bob Jones and sent Bob Jones up to KU and I'm sorry, but Bob Jones was dismissed from the University of Kansas uh, the first year, okay. and uh, and then I think he wrecked over a little Billy Hatcher. Uh, he was kind of shy little fellow, and uh, didn't have much uh, self-image and and uh, or self-confidence either, and. Uh, mm -hmm. He wanted to go to medical school, but I think he did end up in chiropractic school. And, uh, and then all his little favorite people, he, he loved that little, the little girl, there's only one girl in there. She's about this, she's about four feet tall, and uh, Cheryl Kite. And uh, she did well over at Pittsburgh, and, she got a master's degree in life science or biology or zoology or something, mm -hmm. but uh, she died uh, several years ago. She didn't live very long. But so that was my experience over there, and uh, how did you um, you chose pre med? Had you always wanted to be a doctor? Oh or? yes, I told you, man. I, I was discouraged quite a bit. Uh -huh. uh, uh, right here in Independence Community College, Miss Lord Todd, she called me in one day, and uh, well, she wanted to recommend my research project, and said, "Oh, you did a very good job. Um, uh, what do you plan on doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm thinking about going to medical school. I'm taking pre-med." And she says. Uh, well, have you thought about going to education? She says, medicine's very hard and it's very expensive, mm -hmm. you know. And my mother worked for her cleaning her house and she, you know, she wasn't paying for 50 cents or 75 cents an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's what my mother did. She was a domestic and, and uh, mother and dad, they worked for everybody that was anybody in this city, mm -hmm. you know. The ways of, uh, uh, let me see, the president of St. Clair, uh, he was a Tillman, the Laytons and the Ross and the Waves and the, uh, uh, well, they just worked in everybody's house. Uh -huh. I've been in all, almost all these people's houses and raking their yards and washing their windows. Uh -huh. We didn't miss any, didn't hardly miss anybody that, that had a hard help. Hmm. Did um, was there anyone growing up who was influ outside of your parents? Um, did you have any mentors or anyone who encouraged you? Oh no, not outside. well. My uncles, as I uh -huh. say, yeah, they they both so they both so people. They proud people. Uh huh. Hmm. And uh, I guess I guess maybe 
Melt Stevens was probably a pretty big mover and, and pusher around the city. He, he worked somewhere in the state. Who was, who was he? Melt Stevens. Uh -huh. I don't, I'm not yeah. familiar with. Yeah, I think he, he worked for the, he worked for the state in some some capacity. Uh -huh. No 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 great capacity in but uh he was kind of a civil rights kind of person. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, he and Dad were big chums and and they weren't afraid to get anybody's face uh, and tell them uh -huh. what is what. Mm -hmm. Where did you go after, when you finished at Pitt State? Well, after I finished Pitt State, well, uh, I had this degree in the, and of course, as I said, I was going pre-med, but... Uh, you were also when, a runner when, at that time? Were you, were you running? Uh, well, well, I was, I ran for the track team, uh -huh. mm -hmm. but uh, this, this was in 1960 now. Okay. And of course, uh, they had the big Olympics, and I was, I was, when I was uh, 50, in the 58s and 59, of course, I was kind of hopeful of trying to make the Olympic team. Uh -huh. And, uh, but uh, I had trouble on the track team. I eventually was kicked off the track team. <laughs> now, and I think that was racial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as I say, I went over there on track and field scholarship, mm -hmm. but uh, but I actually won the KU relays in 1958, uh -huh. and well, 59, and uh, the next year, I'm not even on the the traveling squad to go to the KU relays. <laughs> what happened between one year and the next? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I think it was I think I think it was down in uh, the, the Texas relays down in Austin, Texas. I didn't run very well. I don't know something happened. I I took out well, but about three quarters of the mile on the or three quarters of the way on the quarter mile, mm -hmm. I just ran out and and. Uh, I almost just stopped. My body just shut down. I just barely got to the finish line. And uh, I don't know, after that, I just had the chills and I was just shaking. Uh -huh. And, uh, but I think he thought I was, thought I was, uh, wasn't putting out or uh -huh. wasn't trying. It didn't get, didn't, I lacked effort because, uh, well, one thing is I was the only, Minority on the on the traveling squad, mm -hmm. you know. The year before I went down there, I, I did it very well. Mm -hmm. I, I brought us from a fifth place to a third place, and we got a medal uh -huh. <laughs> in the Texas relay. And uh, but during that time, it was, it was Jack Morrison and and uh, I think five other minorities on the track team, and besides myself, and so. But then next year, I'm the only one that goes, and then I have a bad day. Mm -hmm. And I think he just think I was, I wasn't putting out effort, you know. But uh, being down there, 
uh, we were put over in separate facilities, you know. Uh, we didn't get to go to the hotel. We went to some army barracks and, you know, little old mattress and all that, but that didn't, that wasn't really bother me, but that's what we, that's the way they put us up. We didn't get to go to the hotel, we could go over there. And so I think he thinks all this add to my dissatisfaction in that uh, I just like to put effort in, mm -hmm. but uh, that wasn't the case. And, and uh, uh, but uh, because actually I kind of enjoyed it over there because I got to meet some fellas I never got to meet. Ira Murchison and and uh, I got to meet oh, uh, Dick Gregory's brother. Really? Yeah, his, Dick Gregory's brother ran the half mile for Notre Dame. And of course, Ira Murchison, he had been to the Olympics and he was down there just to run a special race with, uh, against Bobby, Bobby Morrill, the Olympic 100 meter winner, gold, gold medal winner. So he was down there and they had a special race for those two. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there we are in these little army bunks and the bunk beds. And, uh -huh. you know, but uh, uh, I didn't look at that as, uh, you know, put down this. I know that's part of segregation, discrimination, yeah. and uh, so. So anyway, he didn't take me to KU, and so I just stopped going to going to track. And I said, if, I, if he didn't take me to KU, he's not going to take me up to uh, up to uh, up to the Drake relays in uh -huh. Des Moines, uh -huh. and so uh, I I figured then that. Uh, that's the reason he really didn't take me is because I was the only minority on the track team and I was going to have to have a whole separate room by myself uh -huh. and he wasn't going to put me in a room by myself. The cost, he think he's going to save cost uh -huh. and uh, that's the only way I figured that uh, I didn't get to go to key relays or to the Drake relays being out by myself. But down in Texas, they're gonna put you over here, so Didn't you know cost there's no cost. Yeah. And but up at KU, they don't have separate separate facilities, or or in Des Moines, they sure not gonna have separate facilities. And uh, and so he didn't, he wasn't gonna take me up either one of those places. So what happened after Pitt State? Okay, after Pitt State, well, I'll go to the Army because. Uh -huh. uh, you can't be laying around after school because that, during that time it's a draft. And so... Well, you're, this was in the 60s. The 60s. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, uh, as I say, it was, uh, it was um, 16, it was Olympic year, mm -hmm. and uh, Charlie, Charles Tidwell, uh -huh. he, he was at the Olympics trials. So, Winford Tidwell, Dad and I, got in the car and drove out to Palo Alto, California, to Stanford University to see the Olympic trials. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, old Charlie, he, he got through the rounds and going to the final round. In uh, the finals to go to the Olympics, he was so far ahead that he, he pulled a muscle and uh, ended up running across the track and didn't interfere with the race. He was that far ahead. Uh -huh and he would have been on the Olympic team. Oh. But uh, I think that really led to a, a lot of trouble with Charlie and, uh, and uh, disappointment and mm -hmm. 
I don't think he ever got to be what he, he should have been. But, uh, in fact, uh, he just ended up into a tragedy. Uh -huh. mm. But, because, uh, you know, he, was, he tried out for the uh, Minnesota Twins football team. He tried out for the Cleveland Indians baseball team, but he didn't make it. And uh -huh. Here his his classmates, Will Chamberlain, uh -huh. uh, his roommate at KU, he, of course he made great celebrity and, and uh -huh. wealth. Right. Uh -huh. And then uh, Paul, uh, no, Ernie Shel Shelby, he was a friend and on the track team and was one of the first 27 foot long jumpers. And uh, well, he got to be a model and a movie star. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, Here's all his friends, uh -huh. they get great success, and he, I think he was a night watchman. Oh. Mm -hmm. At least. And uh, I think that's part of his downfall, disappointment. And he didn't reach the goals that he, he was capable of reaching. And then I think that's, I, and I looked at back the independence and the socialization. You know, I don't, as they say, in the social environment we was brought up in, mm -hmm. he wasn't acclimated to, uh, as we say, prime time. Mm -hmm. To be out there in the forefront and the leadership, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he couldn't adjust to it. But I think uh, I think Will, being out of Philadelphia, being in a big time school and all that, right. they more adjusted to uh -huh. uh, the big time and and out there in front of the press. Right. Know. But uh, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Charlie had that exposure, and uh, I think that uh, that pressure when you. When you had to really do the perform, mm -hmm. well, I don't think he was capable to it. Oh. Mm. But anyway, I got out there and I got in the army, and uh, or I was drafted in the army, and uh, I was inducted to Kansas City and went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, mm -hmm. got my supplies and stuff, and was sent to Fort Riley, Kansas, for basic training, and. Uh, And it was almost the, the training of the cycle. I think I missed it by one point, but uh, I think that was because... Uh, missed what? Training of the cycle. What is that? Oh, Well, okay. the outstanding uh -huh. training of the, yeah, doing the basic training. Right. Mm. Scoring the highest points and all that. But... Uh, I had a little Korean sergeant and, and uh, was up there and doing this, this crawl in thick mud and water and underneath barbed wire fence and they said these were live shells going up and over us and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, well he said I got too high. <laughs> he said I got too high. but. Uh, so that was the only thing I got graded down on. 
And but anyway, I finished the uh, the training there, and then I was sent to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, they come and got us big old buses and took us from Junction City or Fort Riley and over to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I got to fly on an airplane. It was a TWA. And I can remember that pretty little hostess. Oh, that was a beautiful woman I saw. And she stand up there like a, a wooden statue. You didn't think she was alive, so she's so pretty and so straight. But uh, she was lying. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, she was lying. And anyway, we flew on down to uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And this is 1960. And at the airport, of course, back in those days, uh, you didn't have didn't have uh, walk right into the airport. Right. The, the airplane had the steps and you had to walk down mm-hmm. the tarmac and then walk into the thing. Right. And uh, I was sitting there in that thing and that's the first time I saw Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I saw Martin Luther King coming there. This is 1960. Uh-huh. He wasn't famous at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in January and uh, but it was kind of warm and and drizzling. Right. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I had to get on another plane and go from Atlanta over to Columbus, mm-hmm. where Fort Benning, Georgia is. And so that's where I spent my entire army duty uh, at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh-huh. in the hospital. Uh-huh. I was. I didn't. They just put me right into as a laboratory technician up on my record over at Pittsburgh uh, on my studies. Mm-hmm. Normally they would t- send, send anybody in the medical laboratory down to Brooks Army Hospital down in uh, Austin, no, San Antonio. Uh-huh. That's where all the medical people go or did go uh-huh. in, the, in the Army for medical training. Mm-hmm. All the doctors are all medical people go down there for their orientation. But they just sent me down to Columbus and, and uh, that's why? where I spent my time. And uh, Why do you think, why was there a difference there? Uh, well, uh, it's the Army in Georgia in yeah. 1960. 1960. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, you just know your place. And, but I, I kind of enjoy it down there because that's my first time in the South. And, of course, I, I met the other fellas mm-hmm. uh, they from New York and all around the, the country. And so we were there and um, and then, you know, when we had our time off, well then I got to go to all these black colleges, you know, go down, go and we got to uh, Florida A&M, um, um, a Tuskegee, um, all those little black colleges mm-hmm. around there uh, on the weekends. We go over to football games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was an experience. And, and then uh, they tried to get me to go to Officer Kansas School. Uh-huh. And I said, well, yeah, I'd like to go to Officer Kansas School um, and uh, helicopter school. But uh, to go to all these schools every year. Go to school, you, you get the army back two years. Uh-huh. So uh, I said, well, I, I don't like that that offer. 
Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I plan on getting in and getting out, you know. But uh, as I look back now, you know, a lot of my life is retrospect. And uh, I scored the highest score down there ever in physical combat. And uh, they thought that was great. And mm-hmm. they called me in the, the colonel called me in the office and says, is there anything we can do for you? Well, I'm naive and, and stupid a lot of times. <laughs> and, uh, but mostly naive and always learn, don't volunteer everything in the Army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> and so I, I said, well, I, I know I don't want to extend my time in here, but uh, as I look back, I think that was my opportunity to get into medical school on the government's account. I should have said, well, yes, I would like to go to medical school. Would you send me to medical school and I'll give you two years for everything? But uh, I didn't. And uh, but looking back, I think I could have. I think I could have got through medical school. I would have been ten years ahead. But. Also, if I had done that, I would have missed a whole lot of other things in that 10 years. Because uh-huh. after I got out of the school, here I am now, a uh, college degree and, and no work experience and, and qualified for nothing unless, uh, well, I had taken the civil service exam and they wanted to send me to uh, social work. I was going to be a social worker over in St. Louis, Missouri. Over there. But they had a big fire over there, you know, and burned up a whole lot of records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, they, they were going to hire me to work as a social worker over there. And, uh, but I didn't take it. And uh, uh, so when I got out of the Army, I came on back here to Independence. And uh, uh, I was here for a month until I, you know, because I got out November the 30th, the last day of November. And so I, I stayed here for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I went out to Wichita, and uh, I got a job there, working in the laboratory at, uh, at St. Francis Hospital or Via Christi, and uh-huh. and, uh, and then of course I started taking graduate work out at Wichita State and uh, got teaching certification, and, uh-huh. and then I was teaching school and working at the hospitals at, at night. And uh, and I'm just looking at that, and I, I keep telling the state here. Uh, uh, I was working two jobs, and uh, several times I worked all night in the laboratory, and uh, I think I made about six thousand dollars taken home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I write to the state up here because. They say I owe them forty-two thousand dollars in back taxes. Uh, yeah. I don't work. I don't work at all in Kansas, uh, and I tell them that the last time I worked in Kansas was nineteen sixty-seven. Last time I earned income and tax, I, I'm working all all day and all night, and uh, and the best I can take home is about six thousand dollars. And here you want to say I owe you forty-two thousand dollars, and I don't even work. So I'm working on that and trying uh-huh. to get that straightened out. Uh-huh. And, uh, but anyway, uh, 
that's what I was doing in Wichita. And then I got involved uh, uh, I got involved in the oil business. Mr. Henry Wolford, he, he was a minority and uh, he had a little oil company. And uh, my sister, my older sister and her husband, they both worked out at Boeing and they worked out there with another fellow mm -hmm. that, uh, that was hired by uh, Mr. Uh, Wolford just, you know, to go out and try to get people to invest in mm -hmm. his oil company. And so this guy kept coming by uh, my sister's house and I was there one time and I heard him talking about it. And, and I'm young and, <laughs> and, and uh, all I knew about oil was that most people had oil who had money. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I listened to him talking he keep coming by and marrying them, and so uh, I didn't really talk to him, but I went down and talked to Henry Wolford, mm -hmm. and uh, Henry had a better conversation, uh, and so I ended up uh, investing in the oil company, but uh, Henry come by in his big loose in the quarter, and, and a big radio arrow on the back of them. We go over to driving over them farmers, <laughs> farmers' land, and mm -hmm. bouncing around because he's out there scouting around to see if it looked like good terrain to, mm -hmm. to drill. And then, of course, if you like their land, well, then you make offer to them because uh, uh, they usually got one eighth interest. Uh, if they hit oil, of mm -hmm. course they get paid whether they hit or not. Right. But uh, and, and with that consideration, I I bought an eighth of interest in the well, but I bought an interest into the into the company. Uh, uh, and uh, so if they did hit uh, or if they didn't miss, well, I wouldn't lose everything. Right. Or if they hit, well, then I get to share in, in everything. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I got a couple of wells and they hit, and, and uh, um, and the company hit and started making some money, and and uh, we went out and bought three trucks and three big trails, and so, because we at, at the beginning we had to go out and pay somebody else to drill uh -huh. and all that. But we got three big trucks and three big drills, and we drill them for everybody else, uh -huh. you know. And they had to pay us whether we hit nothing or not. Mm -hmm. So I was glad then that I was in the company more than I was in the oil. Uh -huh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're doing pretty well, and so all of a sudden, uh, uh, doing so well that uh, that we had a stock split. I guess it's 12 to 1. I guess I bought a hundred shares and he, he got a 12 to 1 stock split and here I am, got 1,200 shares of stock in the Wolf Oil Company and I become a major stockholder. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm 23, 22, 23 years old and uh, he says, you're a major stockholder. You want to go to the board of, board of directors, mm -hmm. uh, board of trustees. 
And uh, well, I says, no, I really don't. You know, I don't know nothing about this business. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be involved in spending other people's money that mm -hmm. I don't know nothing about. You know, that's naivete, because uh, none of the other people knew anything about it either. Uh -huh. uh, I uh -huh. come to find out. Uh -huh. But uh, I was brought up in my mother's training and. and and don't be lying and cheat people. <laughs> daddy would have daddy would have grabbed it and kept on going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But mama would, you know. So I was more like mama and, and uh, uh I said, No, I don't think I wanna be on that board. Because mm -hmm. uh, at that time, because we were getting some pretty good investors like John Roseboro and Maury Wills, who's big baseball right. players for the yeah. for the Dodgers and uh and some some of those guys out of Atlanta, and and I don't know, maybe Ernie Banks might have even been on there. You know, Ernie just mm -hmm. died. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I should have got on the board, but I didn't. And uh, and then uh, I would go down by the office, and he had two ladies there. One of them was trying to date him or marry him or. Something. He had been married. He had uh, two daughters. In fact, I was tutoring his daughters in mm -hmm. math. And I think that's the one reason he kind of took a liking to me and looked at me as a son or something. But anyway, uh, uh, I go by and these two ladies, they say, Oh, where are you going to this weekend? I said, Well, here I am working this mm -hmm. thing and I'm teaching. Well, I wasn't teaching school at that time. Uh, because I hadn't got my certificate. But uh, uh, I go by and I said, well, I'm going to be working and then uh, I might go out and play some tennis because mm -hmm. I had met uh, Dr. Uh, Cecilio Nepomuceno and he liked to play tennis and we okay. played tennis. And, and then, uh, and I was working with his sister, uh, Felicia. And... Uh, what was the last name? Nepomuceno. Uh, and then there's, then Dar came over. So there's two Dar Nepomucinos. They're interning medicine at St. Francis, and then sister is there. She was a pharmacist and a medical technologist. Mm -hmm. And uh, their plan was, or their father's plan was to have them over here get training and bring them back over there, and they set up a clinic and practice medicine and have a pharmacy and and a clinic over there in the Philippines, but uh, that never did mature. In fact, I was seeing Felisa just last week. In fact, I'm, I have to call her because uh -huh. I got messages from her on my phone right now. And Cecilio, well, he, he got to be a big time uh, pain doctor and he worked down in, um, uh, he was on staff at uh, Bur uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham. and. Uh, he got this big rich guy. Uh, uh, I don't know how many millions got, but anyway, wow. this guy, whenever he traveled, he took twenty people mm -hmm. and he over to Russia, and he took his doctor, yeah. Doctor Lepovicino, yeah. and his wife, and he took two floors of the hotel, and he was over there for two weeks, yeah. you know. But that guy, every time this guy wanted mm -hmm. to go something, he'd take the whole, the whole entourage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, and uh, and then I 
then I was down there uh, to a golf tournament down there in, uh, out in Birmingham, and uh, I went by and seen C. Mm -hmm. oh, he's a wealthy man, and uh, and uh, he took me out to dinner. And uh, was that that wasn't the gentleman you had your picture taken with? Did you have a picture taken with him? Oh no, I think. Uh, that was some. I think the other picture. Uh, I think that was the golf course down in uh, down at uh, Ponte Verde. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's where they got that island green. Okay. Uh -huh. Yes, but uh, but see, he uh, he died. Oh. Doctor C died, and uh, out in Las Vegas. Huh. Yeah, they was out there having a good time. I don't know. I don't think he drank that much. I don't know why, but mm -hmm. anyway, they say he gained weight. Said he got to be about three hundred pounds, wow. and uh, you think that's good living, but that's not good living. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be doing all that nonsense. You got to main control, maintain control. Mm, okay. Uh, maintain control. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he died, and. Uh, and then Dar, he's down in. Uh, he moved out. Of, he 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 got most of his training out of the Cleveland Clinic up in uh -huh. Ohio. Very right. good, very good training. He became a cardiologist, but now he's down in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh -huh. And uh, I tried to see him last year when I came through there, but he's always out vacationing somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's out vacationing somewhere. But, uh, <clears throat> so take, so take me a little further there in Wichita, and oh. you were uh -huh. okay. At so the hospital. Uh, in Wichita, uh, uh, the hospital. Uh, well, I uh, I stayed there, and then uh, when I got my teacher certification, then I was uh -huh. out at uh, Wichita Heights High School, uh -huh. brand new high school, uh -huh. and. Uh, met Herman Wilson and uh, Herman Wilson was the track and field coach at uh, Wichita Heights mm -hmm. but uh, I selected in my teacher's training just to take a course in physical education which which didn't mean anything because my my academics was in uh, biology and so I my teaching practice or student teaching was in the biology class uh -huh. or, or science and uh, but I just elected to take it as a, as a, just a choice to do uh, extra to do physical, uh, physical education, mm -hmm. and so as a result of that, then we got into the the track program at uh, Wichita Heights, and we worked with uh, Joe Lee over at Wichita North to compete against Wichita East. Bob Timmons and, and Jim Ryan. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow. Uh, and so, uh, and as a result of that, when when uh, Mr. Wilson left uh, Wichita Heights, he offered me to be the assistant track coach at Wichita State, mm -hmm. which was kind of unheard of. Uh -huh. uh, I would have been the first minority to be a, or any kind of coach at. Uh, at a Division One school, mm -hmm. 
but uh, at the same time, uh, or to go back a little bit, I did I did start teaching at Wichita Heights. I mean, uh, in Wichita, but uh -huh. I taught at Marshall Junior High School, and uh, that was a, a new experience also uh -huh. because. Uh, when I was called up by the superintendent of schools and sent out there, well, he, I introduced myself to the secretary at the desk and, and uh, she said, well, well here, Mr. Bradley, and I'll go back and get the principal. And mm -hmm. So the principal comes out, he's all excited and, and he didn't introduce himself. He says, come on in here, we're going to have trouble this year. We never had a black teacher out here. Uh -huh. I don't know who's going to cause the trouble, but anyway, that's the way he approached me. He didn't introduce himself, he didn't do anything. And uh, so uh, we go back there and talk, but there wasn't much to talk about uh, with his outlook. And so, uh, well, I did accept the position and uh, I went there and had a wonderful year. You know, I had a little trouble with maybe maybe two, well, about, well, I'm gonna say I had trouble with two people, mm -hmm. you know, and it's probably based on a race. And, uh, but one of the little boys was, uh, uh, he had just moved there from Canada, him and his sister, I had both of them in my science co courses. And one was in seventh grade, one was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. But uh, the little girl, she was okay, but the little boy, uh, uh, he wanted to be mischievous, and um, I could just hear his mother and daddy both were teachers mm -hmm. in Canada, and they were teaching there in the Wichita school system, and uh, they seemed to indicate a preference that I that uh, he not be in my class, you know, because I gave him a C, and mm -hmm. and uh, he had always gotten all A's, mm -hmm. and so, but uh, but I can see that. Uh, I can just see them talking home over the table. This well, he's he's got his black teacher, and uh, I, I don't know if he's up to it. And anyway, I can just that's just my mm -hmm. idea of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the little girl, she did okay, but the boy, he wasn't he wasn't up there. And then I had one problem with one girl. And I think it's mostly in the family. It mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't the girls, the family. And, but uh, they all got corrected. And then I had trouble with uh, uh, oh, another little boy. And, uh, and when not only was I the first black to be out there, mm -hmm. but they bust in three blacks, mm -hmm. uh, two girls and a boy. Mm -hmm. One the boy, the boy was the brother of one of the girls. So, and he wanted to be mischievous. And he caused a, a lot of trouble because I think it was his identity thing. And he mm -hmm. he going to say, I'm this, something. Mm -hmm. And he liked to direct it towards me. <laughs> think he's going to like, he's going to show these people all. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, in fact, I ended up flunking him and the other little boy that he mm -hmm. took to because neither one was doing any work, and I flunked both of them. And uh, of course, after I left, because mm -hmm. I only taught one year, because uh -huh. 
everything started developing, and uh, I was sending a young lady, and uh, we was getting along fine, and, but, uh, <laughs> uh, well, she decided that, uh, well, she told me, we can go out, but don't you fall in love. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and, but, so, uh, but things happened, and, uh, and then she, then she comes to me one day and says, well, she thinks she's going to go out and get married, or she's going to get married. And so uh, uh, she's going to get married. Uh, uh, I had an offer to be the assistant track coach over, over to uh, Wichita State. Uh, and, uh, I had signed the contract to teach for another year, but all these things came together and I said, I, ha I had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. uh, am I going to take this uh, uh, job as an assistant track coach there, which am I going to sign this contract or fulfill my obligation to teach this next year? Uh, this girl was leaving, going to mm -hmm. get married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, I, uh, and then I got an opportunity, out of the blue, I got this scholarship to go to Washington, D.C. to go to school, wow. graduate school. Uh -huh. And so, uh, with all the things came up, I said, well, I guess uh, I get this chance to go to medical school or I better go on back here. What school? Howard University. What one? Howard. Howard, okay. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so, I went on back to uh, Washington, D.C. and did what I was going to do all the time. But uh, of course, when I was in grad school, this was, uh, my brother was back there also going to law school. And mm -hmm. so th this was to law school. Mm -hmm. And so I went to law school. Mm. And uh, when I got up there, well, my brother was gone. And, uh, but I, I went ahead and finished law school. But mm -hmm. while I was in law school, I was working. I was doing all kinds of things when I was in law school. I was, uh, I was student teaching. <laughs> oh, I was student teaching and working in the, working in the laboratory mm -hmm. at the hospital. And, uh, but most of the time I was running down to, the, down to the Senate building, down to the Supreme Court. Back in them days you could do all this stuff. Uh, and so I went down there to, and then I, Went down to the Senate building and, and I met Robert Kennedy. I uh, and I I go up and sit in the, the the representatives chamber and I sit up there in the uh, the Senate chamber and and I go over to the Supreme Court and sit there and listen to and I, I got to meet this fellow this black lawyer William William Coleman man I thought oh boy. Make you proud to listen to him mm -hmm. and talk to these Supreme Court justices. I don't have much much respect for these people now. I don't think the Congress people and the senators and the representatives, maybe I didn't got up to that age, but I don't think these guys we have up there now compared to the people of, you know, the Javitses and, mm -hmm. and the Stevens and all these other senators and congressmen and and uh, and uh, uh, 
Supreme Court justices now, mm-hmm. or maybe they're just too political. They, they they don't really base their ideology on on the law. They just their their emotion and their opinion. Mm-hmm. We're getting too much of it, and. Uh, so I don't really, uh, but anyway, I listened to William Coleman up there explaining that law is about the gas, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the gas pipelines and all that up and around Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. Oh boy, he was rapping. He knew his stuff. Wow. <laughs> he knew his law, and of course later on, well, then he was, uh, let me see, he was in somebody's uh, cabinet. Uh, let's see, this is nineteen sixty. So I guess he was in uh, 1960. That would have been, uh, I've been Kennedy, Kennedy uh, to 63. Mm-hmm. Who was oh no 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 no! Well, well, I'm, I'm getting this. I'm getting on my head myself. No, when I got up there, it was, mm-hmm. I, I left uh, Wichita 67. So it was 67, 68, mm-hmm. and so that was let's see. That been Johnson. But then Johnson, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think he was in Johnson's administration. I think he was in Reagan's. Yeah, he was in Reagan's administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reagan came in '67. Oh no, let me see. No, '67 mm-hmm. was uh, Johnson, and then then Carter. No, it had been Nixon. Nixon. I, I guess he was in Nixon's administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in Nixon's administration. Uh, Secretary of. Uh, was he Secretary of Energy? I think he was Secretary. What was his name? William Coleman. Coleman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, so anyway, I, I'm up there, and then I'm, uh, I was up there walking around the hall, and and I saw these cameras all up there, and all the press, and. And so uh, they said, well, Robert Kennedy's gonna come out and talk mm-hmm. out there in the hallway. And uh, so I, all these people there, I, I, I went back down and went down the next floor and went down and think I was gonna go around them, mm-hmm. but I come up off the elevator and there, <laughs> I'm sitting right there behind Robert Kennedy, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, I could just see he was nervous, you know, he, he wasn't, his hand was shaking like that. Oh gosh! I, I'm standing behind, uh-huh. and and at that time he was talking about tobacco. Mm. They're going to suppress this tobacco, and, no. But uh, uh, after the press was over, then uh, I stayed there, and, and he came over and shook my hand and, and asked me, "Would you like to come in the office and talk?" You know, and uh, well. I'm, uh, I'm just saying, I don't know a thing to talk about. <laughs> I said, oh, no, sir, uh, uh, I'm just going to law school up here at Howard University. And he said, well, uh, when you graduate, come and let me know, you know. And so I started working for him, uh, a volunteer in his office when he was running for campaign. And they had a nice big old poster there. And when they shot him out there in California, I ran up that office. I was going to get that big old poster, uh-huh. but I somebody else had that idea, and they got there before I did. But uh, you know, 
but they invite me out to Hirkishil mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. And then, uh, uh, well, I met a whole lot of people when I was up in Washington, D.C., you know, because the next year, then Robert, but then, uh, well, he gets shot, and uh, and then I, I went out to his funeral, but uh, I really, you know, he didn't really have something you should go to, uh, but uh, I was out there, at stand at the Lincoln Memorial when his his hearse and his entourage passed by, uh, and then I went out there to uh, when his his burial. They had a big burial out there mm-hmm. at the Arlington right Cemetery, there. and with uh, John's grave, and we was out there with candles, and I still got the little candles, and I got to still got this uh, obituary or mm-hmm. little folder that they had. Um, And then later on, then here comes uh, Martin Luther King, and uh, in fact, that Sunday before he was shot on Thursday, he was out at the National Cathedral, and I walked out there at National Cathedral. And of course, the cathedral was filled up. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a huge building, but uh, the assembly hall is not all that big, and and usually the assembly hall. Uh, there's arranged seating. Uh-huh. Most of the time, just certain people get in. I don't know who I was selected, but anyway, uh, uh, I doubt it's uh, first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but most of the people, it's a lovely day and, and it's Easter. And uh, so most people out there sitting on the grass. And the sunshine is nice and warm, and, uh, and so that's where I was out there on the hillside uh, at the cathedral. But after he gave his talk, well, then he marches on down uh, the hillside, down the sidewalk, down to a, a building back there, and then go have a press conference. And I'm standing right here, and he comes right by. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I kind of walked along with the, behind the group, and they thought I was with him. <laughs> People started asking me for an autograph, uh-huh. so I gave my autograph. <laughs> but uh, they they thought I was with his group. <laughs> but uh, so that was that was the day four days before he got shot. <laughs> but then I but going back a little bit. The first year I got up there, mm-hmm. I, I, I just roomed in a house down there on Florida Avenue. Yeah, that was Florida Avenue. And uh, it wasn't too far away from the Washington Coliseum. And uh, this would be 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about October or something. And here was Martin Luther King at the Washington Coliseum. I think he had Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte and Nipsey Russell, all those guys there. I don't know what they were. 
What do? Well, I'm not been voting rights. No, no, I'm 67. Well, I think they did some more voting rights. Anyway, there's a big campaign there, and all the boys were there, and uh, I went to that. And so my first first couple years in Washington D.C. was exciting. And then uh, I met uh, some other guys at the law school, and, and uh, they all, a lot of them were out out of the military, and and of course they having all those uh, Vietnam War demonstrations. We went out to there one Saturday morning, and we marched all around there. And, Oh, to the Pentagon, and it got to be pretty good until they started passing out all them marijuana cigarettes. And of course, I I, I wasn't into that, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, mom and dad wouldn't allow that. And, you know, we didn't need no secretary general to tell us we weren't supposed to smoke. Dad and mother neither one would smoke back in the forties, and mm -hmm. all the all our neighbors tell me don't don't ever get this habit of smoking cigarettes. Mr. Everett lived right next door. He he had his old Prince Albert, and he got the Prince Albert can in the back, and he got his little papers, and he 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 got where he could do, you know make a cigarette with one hand and twist uh -huh. it all up there and smoke it. And he said, you don't ever get this habit. Don't ever get this habit. And uh, you know he didn't take on Surgeon General one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year. You know, Mom and Dad, you know, Dad didn't ever make more than three thousand six hundred dollars a year. That's what he made at the Union Gas, and and then Mama made. Well, she usually made two or three dollars uh, and worked two houses, mm. clean the house in the morning, and then she'd walk over to another house in the afternoon, and uh, make another two or three dollars. Uh, so, uh, and they had enough sense to know you're not supposed to smoke, and and they wouldn't allow you to drink, and Daddy wouldn't, you know. Daddy wouldn't allow his brothers to come there and smoke uh -huh. and drink in, in our house or, or in our car. Uh -huh. you know, you know, I didn't think much of that, but now I know that that secondhand smoke is bad as a, uh -huh. smoking direct. And so that was, that was, mom was head of the game all, all along. They both were. Yeah, yeah. they both were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, taking people now, they're they making. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you know, with other privileges to tell us that we're not supposed to smoke and drink. Mm -hmm. But uh, let me see, where am I now? Here, you were going to Howard. Okay, I'm going to Howard. Law school. <laughs> Law school, and uh, I'm working over it there at uh, over to the hospital. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Well, oh, that's very important because Dr. Calvin Sampson was in charge of the, the laboratory. Uh -huh. And he was in charge, he was a professor of pathology, and uh, of course the pathologist always had to be over a laboratory. Uh -huh. You can't have a laboratory unless you've got a pathologist to direct it. And, and uh, I don't think we've got a pathologist here in town, but maybe a pathologist comes from uh, Tulsa or somewhere, Bartlesville, direct this hospital uh -huh. out, laboratory out there. So, uh, and uh, anyway, he, he's observing me and I, I'm unaware. And so he comes to me when I'm a senior in my last year in medical law school and uh, says, have you ever thought about going to medical school? I said, well, I could tell you a whole lot of stories about my trying to get into medical school. But 
my medical advisor didn't give me a good reference and, uh, uh, and well, I'm sure he didn't give me a good reference uh -huh. uh, because of our history and because uh, uh, I, after I got out of school, and he, after I got out of the Army, I, uh -huh. I applied for three years to different schools, Indiana, UCLA, Kansas, uh -huh. uh, Howard, uh, Meharry, and uh, of course I, Howard and Meharry were the two prominent black medical schools. Uh -huh. And uh, Meharry was set up mainly because of, uh, uh, they needed black doctors in Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, uh -huh. but uh, they couldn't get into those medical schools. So all the southern states helped build Meharry okay. to have black doctors to provide medical care in all those southern states. And then, uh, and then the other one was Howard University and, and that was uh, uh, in Washington, D.C. And uh, and Dr. Sampson was there, and there I was in law school and finishing up, and and uh, he uh, he comes to me and asks me if I would like to go to medical school, and I told him, well, I've I've tried to get in medical school for several years, but uh, I've given up, and I'm in law school now. Well, he says, well. I've been observing, and uh, if you want to go to medical school, you let me know. This is in about October. He said, you let me know before February the 1st. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so I thought about it, and, uh, and uh, well, I finished up law school, but just before I got to law school, I was, sat, I was up in my uh, dormitory room, and I was looking out there. I was looking out there into the uh, 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 the street, and uh, I saw this big car pull up there. And uh, I said, "Oh, he's double parking." And I said, "Oh gosh, what's this guy?" But anyway, uh, I let that go on by, and then uh, uh, then my room phone rang from downstairs, mm -hmm. and Mrs. Smith, she's down there. She says. Uh, Mr. Bradley, there's a U.S. Marshal down here asking for you. Um, are you in? <laughs> I says, well, yes, I'll, uh -huh. I'm in. Send him on up. He sent me up, and I got a subpoena to appear in Reno County Court out here in Hutchison uh -huh. because of these oil leases. Uh -huh. And uh, as a I don't know, as I was saying, these two girls was running the office, and uh, as, as I go down there, they was always saying, what you going to do this weekend? And I said, well, I'm going to study. They said, well, we was, we was in Hawaii. We was in Jamaica. We was in all, always traveling all these different places. Well, these girls was taking this money. And as I said, we had bought uh, three, um, three trucks and drills and all this, and, but we borrowed the money from the Small Business Administration. Mm -hmm. And now they, they came back for an accounting of this money and uh, 
has a short change. They can't find the money. Mm -hmm. And uh, was delinquent in the paying back the loan. And uh, as I say, I had become a major stockholder mm -hmm. <laughs> in the company. Well, okay, got this subpoena. And, I, and uh, all this came up the, the year I graduated from law school. And, and uh, so I rushed out here and talked with the, Mr. Uh, Wolfer. And I said, he, he took a liking to me. And, and uh, he says, oh, I know it's, it's causing a lot of trouble. I says, well, I, I got an opportunity to go to medical school and I, I need to get clear of this. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so he bought my interest out of the thing, got me out of the, the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I decided to go to medical school. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And... Uh, so you went to Howard Medical School? Yes, uh-huh. And uh, then went to public health service. And, but I should have I should have followed Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Calvin Sampson. I should have gone into pathology. Uh -huh. He offered me the, the position, the, uh, uh, a residency in, in pathology, and I should have I taken it. But I, as I say, a lot of my life is in retrospect. And, sure. Uh, but uh, I did all right, but. What year did you graduate from Howard with your doc? 74. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I retired in 92. And I got military and got the mm -hmm. public health service, just like military. You got military privileges. Get your 20 years in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then now I just do voluntary work and, well, got in, uh, got into a whole lot of running and, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, Tell me a little bit about that. How many marathons have you run in now? Oh, about 82. 82? Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, I got, I got to running and uh, got to be president of the American Running Fitness Association and uh, had some interesting people on the board up there. I had Senator Luger and, uh, and then I had uh, Billy Mills. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then uh, we did a lot of work with Dr. Kenny Cooper down in Dallas, Texas. Yes. And uh, I've met him. You did? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I met him too. He's a very egotistical young man. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, yes, he was then. Oh, yeah, he's very egotistical. Uh, uh, he, He's right there with God, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, and then of course uh, Schwarzenegger, he was really, really into physical fitness and health. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, no, I have a lot of regard for him at the time. But uh, subsequently, he's done a lot of things I can't agree with. But anyway, in fact, uh, we had uh, in May they had this physical activities day or something. I don't know what you call it, but anyway, they had us all at the White House. Wow. 
uh, we was all at the White House, and uh, oh, there's Muhammad Ali and and uh, the whole Redskin football team and and uh, Schwarzenegger and TV cameras and and uh, all the senators and oh everybody all around the, the mm -hmm. White House grounds and uh, but that's a lot done with uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, well I was when that was Father Bush uh -huh. uh, Father Bush but uh, but when W came in there and got in there I wrote him a couple times about the, being on the the president's uh, health and physical fitness uh -huh. team, and, and uh, he had uh, Lynn Swan as the, the chair of the, you know, you know. W had a lot of friends, but, uh, and he put them in a lot of positions, but they didn't help him at all, uh -huh. you know. In fact, they shouldn't have been in the positions, <laughs> you know, that, you know, just like the, that FEMA, you know, that uh -huh. brown fella. He had no business been in the area, you know. He was a businessman and a friend of his, and and he stuck by his friends. But right. uh, he, he should have let his friends go because they weren't they weren't helping him at all, and you know. And the same thing with Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan's you know great football player and Hall of Fame and all that, but the, he wasn't capable. He he might have been a member of it, but he should have been the chair. Uh -huh. But nobody was going to do what Schwarzenegger did. But nobody had the money that Schwarzenegger right. had. You know, Schwarzenegger ran ran that whole physical thing, and he went to every governor and and had some program in every state. Yeah. You know, but Schwarzenegger was a big movie star and had his own private plane and was flying around all these states and really pushed the program. Uh -huh. But he got to be governor of California. And he kind of changed. He didn't do. He didn't do what he should have been doing, mm -hmm. and doing a whole lot he, he shouldn't have done. But <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, so, but, if you had to look back, do you have any regrets mm -hmm. um, in your life, in retrospect? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I uh, I wish I had the industry in the the energy and uh, to as my mother and dad, uh, you know, because I look at them, you know, they jump up at five o'clock every morning and up and out there, you know, like they was going to going to holy grounds. Mm -hmm. They going to work and mama be on her knees and rubbing stuff and and uh, you know, up into her sixties and seventies and. Uh -huh. and uh, probably in, into the early 80s as well as dad, you know. And, uh, well, I didn't work nearly that hard and, you know, I don't have the energy to be jumping up and like uh -huh. that. You know, yeah. you know well, I had a hard time getting here at 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, uh, I was good, well, I was, I was, uh, I, I was up at, uh, there's a whole lot of things I was trying to do to get here at 10.30, so, you know, most of the time, uh, the way I, it seems though, 
I don't get tired and sleep until it's time to get up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll lay there in bed thinking, oh, I got to do this and do this and this, 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 three and four o'clock in the morning. And, uh, but come seven, eight, then I really feel like, oh boy, I got this. I'd lay here 10 more minutes, 15 more uh-huh. minutes. Yeah. Keep on. <laughs> can't, can't be getting up. But, uh, okay, I have one more question. Okay. How would you like people to remember you? When you're gone, mm-hmm. what would you like people to say? How would you like them to remember you? Well, uh, well, I hope I, I hope I can make a contribution to the world. You know that that's just like what with Pittsburgh, but uh, I'm getting ready to do about the same thing up at up at this university. Right. In fact, it's going to be bigger. Uh-huh. You know, but they where's Andrews? That's up in Barron Springs, Michigan. Because. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad Ali has a house right across mm-hmm. the river, right across from uh, our, our, our dairy at this university. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a dairy, but we don't even, we sell our milk because uh-huh. uh, you have to pasteurize and all that. So right. we, we got the cattle and uh, all the cows, and, but we don't, uh, we don't use our own milk. We sell it to the, a producer uh-huh. and uh, or a manufacturer. To another dairy, right? And uh, but anyway, Muhammad Ali has this house right there, and and uh, we're in negotiations to buy that house. Uh, I don't know. Uh, There's river, as I say, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if the university wants to really get in there and have a resort mm-hmm. there. Uh, because my idea is if we made it a resort and uh, if that river is navigable, mm-hmm. you could run, have a boat and run right that river all the way out to the Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so, but then uh, a school is a, uh, you know, tax exempt institution. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about this business or if they want to get involved in right. that business. And then, uh, or the other thing is uh, make this a camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and the third uh, decision is is to uh, make it a senior citizens place. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why? Huh? Why are you doing that? Well. Uh, and you didn't. I I know. It's church affiliated. Okay. Uh-huh. There was something special you did to honor your mother. Oh, yes. you want to talk about that, too? Well, uh, it's honor my mother, but uh, mm-hmm. but mother doesn't know anything about it. And, and uh, but uh, I, my only purpose for that is put mother's name on something that's worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't believe in buying, building all these statues of people. And, mm-hmm and uh, cold stones that don't, doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. you know. I don't even support that $125 million endowment to Martin Luther King up in Washington, uh-huh. D.C. Uh-huh. That $125,000 would have been a lot better at any of those black colleges or sure. raising 
raising doctors, lawyers, or, uh-huh. or, or teachers, or, or right. whatever, mathematicians, or engineers. But what, for the, for the purpose of this recording, mm-hmm. can you tell what you did in, to honor your mother at Pitt, at Pitt State? Well, I named the nursing school after mother, but that's mm-hmm. a, that, that is what she, that was her chosen field. She mm-hmm. wanted to be a nurse. And that's what she was going to do when all those kids grew up and, uh-huh. and got out of her way. Yeah. You know, but by the time she, all those kids got up out of the way, but she says she's a little bit tired and, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't know if she's had the energy to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but her name is associated with something and, and uh, that school should be producing good nurses mm-hmm. and, and medical care and health for the region and for the state and yeah. you know and uh, and so up at uh, Andrews now mm-hmm. it's it's just going to be Bradley uh, rather than Irene Ransom Bradley uh-huh. it's just going to be Bradley's but it's going to be uh, but it's it's the nutrition department. Uh-huh. And uh, mm-hmm. another thing about that, that farm from Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. there's an orchard out there already, but uh, uh-huh. it's got a lot of good ground, and can, we, we might even have a big garden and orchards. Oh. Uh, you know, wow. Northern Michigan uh, produces most of the cherries in the country. Oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, we have a good garden and mm-hmm. raising good, nutritious food. And uh, and then it's got a lovely, lovely campus. Uh-huh. It's got hills and valleys and, mm-hmm. and lots of walking trails and and running trails and and uh, hmm. they they want to name all that running trails Bradley running trails. Hmm. Uh, so that's and hiking trails. Uh-huh. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, well, I bring you the I bring you the projected building, the, okay. the physical building that they're gonna have, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the nutrition part's gonna be in this building for health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then the president up there, he came out here once. We sat right up there. The really? President of the university. Oh. Uh-huh. That's what them people do. Keep keep coming down here. Oh, you, those yeah. people you see. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They were down here last last week. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The man and the woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, they're down here for my birthday. Took me out to took me to lunch. <laughs> oh, how nice! Uh, wow. Yeah. They, they came out here just to take me out to birthday. Do you have, is there anything that you would like to say that you'd like to add to this? I mean, I've just been kind of mm-hmm. trying to guide the conversation mm-hmm. here, but is there anything we've left out or anything that is important that you'd like to say? Well, I'd just like to, I hope the, uh, I think the country's going, going down the wrong way, and uh, I hope we get some good decision makers in the, in our government, and uh, uh, I guess maybe I'm a little conservative, but uh, I just think there's, uh, you know, just like Michigan, I know Colorado out there, 
they just passed a law to have legalized marijuana. And now, uh, after they passed the law to have marijuana, now they go, they, they just passed the law, uh, passed, uh, at requesting $8 million to research it to see if it, the effects of marijuana on people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think they ought to do it before, but Mm -hmm. that's the national trend that's going to happen all across the country, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think the country is going the the wrong direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, lifestyles and same-sex marriages—it's out of the question. It's it's foolish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's foolish. If, if God wanted same-sex marriage, you wouldn't made two sexes. That's probably true. I yeah. never thought about yeah. that. Yeah, you made two sexes and with a purpose. Uh-huh. Uh, God didn't do any did foolishness. Everything he did was with a purpose and for our good. Well, I'd sure like to thank you for taking time out of your day today for this purpose. Okay, well thank you.